Remote work has long moved beyond simply being a trend or a lifestyle. It's a natural evolution in the way we work and collaborate, a complete and vital redesign with profound positive impact for businesses, teams, and society as a whole. With it comes a work culture revolution that requires putting freedom, trust, and conscious behavior at the core of every business who wants to thrive. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and expert in growing happy, high-performing remote teams. Since 2014, I've been running all my businesses remotely, and that has deeply changed who I am as a leader. I've gone from micromanaging an unhappy team, suffering high turnover and working long hours, to moving to the US, traveling roughly six months a year, and loving the shit out of my team and being constantly amazed as to what we're achieving. Join me as I dive into conversations about remote work magic, conscious culture, and the future of work with some of the most inspiring founders and leaders in the remote work space. Insights, tips, success, and failure, innovation, we share it all. Let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of Conscious Culture. Just had a fantastic conversation with one of my very dear girlfriends, Victoria Fox. She's an amazing conscious leader, super successful entrepreneur, loves to travel and adventure and push the boundaries and all the things that I like to do. We've known each other for several years and have gone on quite um, quite the parallel journeys actually. And it was a really beautiful conversation to just reflect on all of that. And she shares some incredible wisdom toward the end of the show around bringing our whole selves and integrating who we are and how that has played a role in her team and her work and her business. It really was a great conversation and I'm sure you're going to love it. Alrighty. Welcome everybody. I'm super excited for my guest today, Miss Victoria Fox. I love your name and it sounds so like... um, well, okay. I'm going to say it sounds like sexy and sophisticated, but there's also your day spa that attaches to my mind when I say your name. Your day spa is called Miss Fox. Do we call it day spas in Australia? That's what they call it in America. Yeah. Yeah. We call it day spas, but um, Miss Fox, oh, it's so much more than a day spa. It is. It's amazing. <laughs> and I actually went to Miss Fox well before I knew you, several years before I knew you. And, um, just, yeah, had a beautiful experience. It was one of the most amazing places I've ever been in my entire life. It's in downtown Melbourne or Melbourne CBD, as we would say in Australia. Um, and it is really such a beautiful place. And, and I've watched the actual physical space transform a little bit over the years as well, um, mm. which we'll get to. But the reason why I'm excited to have you on the show and the reason I wanted to have you on the show is because you're one of my dear friends. You're one of my most conscious, connected, spiritual friends. And We've obviously spent time together a lot in Bali, actually, um, and in Australia, but in Bali where, I don't know, we get to like live this, all the things that we love and yoga mm-hmm. and conscious partying and lots of fun, different vibes and conversations and people and experiences. And um, I always enjoy that time with you there. And um, I, w- I just would love to talk with you today about your journey, I suppose, as an entrepreneur um, and having known of you for many years and then known you more um, as a friend over the last few years and just how conscious and spiritual and connected you are. I'm super curious because that my personal journey down this path has drastically 
impacted my culture and my team. And so I love to talk with other people who maybe have a similar experience or don't. Um, and I really don't know, you know, I've probably only known you since you've been on this path and maybe you already ha- always have been. So I don't know the answers to all those questions, but tell us a little bit about you. And I also know not, you don't just have Miss um, Fox, you're also doing um, kind of coaching work and a lot Mm -hmm. of group you've got a mastermind and things like that launching and sorry if I'm using the wrong um, language there but yeah tell us about it all yeah of course well I mean it's really I think as you go further into this journey this spiritual path then like the word spiritual itself just starts to redefine every time it comes out of your mouth, I think. Um, And so when I think back, oh, was I always spiritual? Oh, what's spiritual? I mean, is that that you connect with nature and that you collect like rocks and crystals or speak to angels? And I think when I reflect back as a child, I always had that connection. um, And I always found solace in nature and trees. And, you know, I think I would talk to imaginary things or I could see um, little beings somewhere in my mind's eye. So I always felt comfort from that and um, was drawn to that path until I became a teenager. And then something happens when you're a teenager that you're like, just fuck all of that and let's go ahead and um, just, yeah, be be in the real life and do, I don't know, what I see other people doing. I think you just fall into that programming in a way. Um, and so I forgot all about that connection to something greater for such a long time and threw myself into study and friends and partying and all the fun stuff. And it wasn't until much, much later in my in my late 20s that I started to have um, a reawakening of all of that, that magic. Um, and it happened partway through being an entrepreneur. My background was corporate. So I went through school and um, uh, studied a few different things in the advertising space and then realized I just wanted to work. And then I just, I just wanted to be, have a normal job, like, you know, like, I thought you were supposed to have a good job and then buy a house and get married and have kids. And so I tried that. <laughs> that doesn't work out. <laughs> not for people, not for people like me. It's actually, it's actually beautiful um, for some people, um, but it just didn't really suit, suit me. And um, I went down to the, down the entrepreneurship path and I have had three businesses, um, actually four businesses now. And Originally, I just started out in, partnered with some people, did my first business with some um, co-founders, which was in the space of um, buyer's advocacy, helping connect people to products and um, really like high-end luxury items that they wanted expert advice on. It was very interesting, but it wasn't really filling like my soul. Um, So I left that and started out in health and well-being. And the only reason I got into this industry is that I had this really disastrous experience in the beauty industry where I went to a cosmetic clinic, had these, oh, natural injections, make you look slimmer. Okay. Just don't do these things. (laughs) Don't inject things into your body (laughs) because (laughs) you're in a state of, you know, body hate. That's a really bad idea to go to do any beauty treatment, to be honest. Um, So had this treatment went horribly wrong and um, 
I realized that the customer care in the beauty industry can be really, really lacking and the safety in the beauty industry can be really, really lacking. And, you know, how, like, why do you go to have a treatment? You go to feel better and look good, right? So if you get the opposite result of that, um, I think that there should be a lot of compensation or a lot of care provided. So I couldn't understand. I'm like, how is this industry doing offering these services to people with no, no care, no nurturing, no um, service. Um, and I think because I have a European background, I was born in Greece, it's just that part of me that's like hospitality, service, treat everyone like their family. So that's, that's, in, that's in my blood. And when I didn't get that experience from that industry, I thought, you know what, I need to get into this industry and offer a better kind of beauty experience, a better kind of well-being experience, because um, beauty is not just about the outside; it is about what's happening on the inside. And um, yeah, I started in I started in a, a little space that I rented inside um, a, a, a chain um, day spa. They had many, many locations over Australia that they rented me a room. They're probably not supposed to sublet a room within their franchise, but it doesn't matter. Um, I, and so I operated this non-invasive body reshaping and skin enhancement business. Cause I became obsessed with the technology that meant you didn't have to invade the body. And I was like, I'm going to get the, I'm going to offer the best service that there is. That's so safe. And that's so caring. And that has a lot of integrity. And so, yeah, I started this clinic called Shrink Clinic, which some people thought it was like a psychotherapist, but it was really about just yeah, <laughs> shrinking your skin, shrinking your body, just making you feel slim, which was the whole reason that I went to have this treatment to begin with at this, at this um, cosmetic doctor's place in the first place. So it's funny, the industry finds you. I was never interested mm. in being, doing this work. Mm. I, I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm really an academic. So this, this industry just seemed to me very superficial um, for a long time. But I thought, oh, well, this, this thing matters to me. This cause matters to me. So yeah, it found me. And um, after running this space for just um, just under, a, uh, maybe just under a year, I was turning over just like over half a million dollars just doing this treatment on my own that I, that I took. Um, decided I'm going to be the best operator in all of Australia. And it, it worked well. And uh, my customers were the ones that said, what else do you have? What else can you offer? Can you do, can you do facials? Can you do weight loss? Can you do massages? Can you do my nails? And then I realized, oh, I, I, I'm onto something a lot bigger than mm. this, this small operation. Um, and I had a vision for what that would look like. And I traveled a lot by that point. I traveled to New York. I traveled to Las Vegas. I traveled to these um, premium locations where you could have these premium top-to-toe experiences for your body and um, uh, for your mind and spirit to an extent. But I just had this vision. Okay, I want this beautiful place. You walk in and everything's amazing. Everything feels beautiful. And you walk out and you look beautiful. You don't look like you know, covered in mud with your eye makeup all running, which is what my vision was of that's what you look like when you come from a spa. I'm like, no, my spa, you're going to have a blow dry. You're going to have this makeup put on. You're just going to look and feel amazing. And that was the vision and it, it, it showed up for me. Oh, um, so did. I mean, your, your uh, location there is literally one of the most beautiful places and premium and luxury and all of those words are just the absolute essence of what you've created there. It really is special. 
it, it um, is amazing that this space even exists. I thought, how am I going to find this in the middle of the city, this huge mansion of a space, which is what I wanted, this like big lolling, like um, um, jewelry box of a space. And it feels like a, a New York loft or that you're in London. Mm-hmm. It's a very unusual um, like a hotel kind of vibe and it goes on and on and on over these three levels but it, it just showed up for me and it was so interesting my mum was at a lunch and she was speaking to someone and they said oh we're, we're leaving our space in the city it, just a, a, a lunchtime conversation um, far removed from me that ended up connecting me to this space um, that wasn't on the market and I walked in I thought oh my god this is my vision this is this is for me. And um, everything just started happening for me. People would walk up the stairs. We didn't have signs. We didn't have menus. We didn't even know how much things cost yet. And they'd say, we want a massage. (laughs) And so on the spot, we had to be like, okay, it costs this much. Yep. We've got a therapist for you. So I, I realized that it was all about having the right people there to to deliver this magic. I couldn't do it on my own. I wasn't a, I wasn't a therapist. I, I couldn't do this on my own. So I, I realized, okay, if I have this A team, that is what's going to make this work. But it's interesting. And I don't know if you found this as well. You learn that hiring people is not about skill set; It is about a joint vision. And mm-hmm. that was, that was a really, um, painful journey for me in, yep. in this, in this business. I mean, I've had a Miss Fox for 10 years now, so I've learned a lot about, okay, who, who is here to serve our vision, but it's not necessarily the person, um, with 10 years experience in Paris. It's the person that has the same vision as we do, which is to better the world through our work. Um, and to, inspire people to take care of themselves and to create a relationship with themselves. And this has been a very interesting journey for me in this industry because when I had my spiritual awakening, if I feel like a little bit funny saying that because we're, we're always spiritual, but when I had this existential crisis of what the fuck am I here to do? What is even this business about? Like, what am I doing? What is this life? It was a big journey to reconnect the business that I'd created in that other state of consciousness to the one that I'd arrived at. Mm. Have you found that at all with your work? Yes. And I think, (laughs) um, (laughs) everything you just said, yes. Um, just to circle back to the, the shared vision, the joint vision that you said, and um, sometimes I talk about culture with, with, when I use the word culture, I'm really talking about the vision and, and the purpose and the values of how we show up every day. And 100%, I believe that really contributes to 90 plus percent of the success of a hire. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, they have to have the skills to some degree or another, but even so, if um, provided they enjoy doing that type of work um, in terms of the skills, if they Mm -hmm. have that shared vision and they believe in it, like their skills will improve, they will become amazing because they have the shared vision of being, in your case, like the best in the world and creating that amazing customer experience um, spa experience, that luxury experience. Like how can you go in and be bad at, at what you're doing if you have the shared vision to create that? And many of my, well, quite a few of my staff at one point or another, like laughed at me because I hadn't looked at their, um, 
university credential or something when I hired them and I was uh-huh. like they were like you don't even know if I really went to university I'm like true I don't but like I believe you and really what was more important for me was that I could intuitively feel that we got each other and we got um mm. what the business was about or whatever it might be so but yeah I think interestingly on my journey just to answer your question about that as I've shifted how have things shifted I it, it may be and this is, I'm an external processor, so I'm processing as I'm speaking right now, but I've kind of transitioned out of financial services, which is the business that I was in. Well, Mm. I was in business for 10 years and of my own, but I was for seven years with my family business before that. So 17 years in personal financial planning. And I transitioned out um, in 2018 which I think was, I have a very similar experience to you as well. I remember being very connected and spiritual and thought about all of this big stuff as a child um, and then shut it all down in my teens and into my 20s and then started to kind of welcome it back in. But particularly um, in 2018, it really started to open up for me. And I think a lot of that came also with me letting go of the attachment and the ego identity of being a financial planner and like a finance expert in Australia and things like that. And then just starting to question like, what did it all mean and what had it all meant? And what did I want to be doing next that actually meant something? Like, what did I want to be bringing to the world and how did I want to be interacting with my people? And for me, one of the outcomes has been um, working on my own, I always had business partners before and they were good partnerships, really good. Like I don't have, you know, these horror stories or anything, but seeing that there was this like flow and connection that wasn't necessarily able to come out in the partnerships that I had, maybe because I just didn't trust it or didn't trust myself or didn't know how to explore that. But I'm feeling very expansive and free in the last couple of years as I'm a sole um, founder um, or CEO. So that's just been an interesting reflection as well. But, yeah, it's absolutely been a journey in entrepreneurship and my culture and my team and the way I interact with my people, my customers, everything has shifted. Mm, yeah, yeah. And and we can um, talk more about coaching later, but I find that a lot of the clients that I coach, they're at this transition point where they have to decide, is it, is it that they need to shift their business? If, do they need to shift their industry or do they need to shift their relationship with their business or industry? And I think it can really go either way. I mean, I know that we evolve and we go through, we go through seasons and sometimes just the end of a journey with, with an industry or with a particular business and that's okay. And you can let it go with love. Um, or you can, shift how you relate to it. And that's what happened for me because I got to this point and I'm like, oh, okay, I've had a spiritual awakening. I'm spiritual now. I, you know, I'm, we're all one. doesn't matter how we look. We're just, you know, um, we're more than our physical bodies. And then I thought, oh, hang on. I'm in this industry that is taking care of physical bodies and is treating people as, as individuals and, and, and beautifying them. And I couldn't quite connect the two, um, identities that I'd found within myself. There was a part of me that loves to play with how I look and that um, loves beauty and that loves 
looking good. And there's like a power from, um, from that. And there's, there's vanity, like, you know, there's, there's just parts of us to accept. We want to look good and we get pleasure from that. And then there was this other part that was almost, it was reaching for something greater, but it was almost rejecting that old identity. And so that was a huge journey to, to try and say, well, how are you going to wrap all of these parts of yourself, Victoria, into, into the self and not keep putting on different hats. Oh, Mm. now I care about this. Now I care about that. Because I think true spirituality is integrating the parts of yourself that you don't like and the parts of yourself that you think are bad or um, non-spiritual. It's taking all of that in. Um, So that was hard because I wanted to not do my business anymore or I wanted to shift it and say, you know, like I would go in there without without makeup on, without my hair done, like just in my pajamas. Cause I'll be like, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Nothing's real. And then people are like, um, okay, but we like this. We like, <laughs> we like coming here and, and looking pretty. And I, you know, I, I encourage, I invite people to go to the next, there's just so many levels of the journey and there's no, no levels in a way, but there's just so much evolution that I came full circle. I rejected everything. And now I'm back with a new appreciation of, oh, when you take care of yourself, that is a portal to the inner you. That is how we get in. We think, oh, just love yourself, love yourself. How do you do that? That is such a big concept. You know how you love yourself? You take an hour and get a manicure and you sit there and you don't play with your phone or do any work and you just sit there and it's a meditation and you go in and you're like, oh, it's nice to take care of myself. Oh, when do I do that? In fact, who am I? And it it unravels this big, Mm -hmm. um, these big questions through a very simple act of taking care of yourself or going to the spa. So I had a newfound respect for the industry, for my business. And I realized it was, it was just a platform for people to go deeper beauty industry is certainly not a superficial space. Um, there is superficiality and depth in every single industry. And so, yeah, can you find that within the work you're doing? If, if you're, if you had Jack of it, can you go deeper with it? And, um, like they say, oh, if you're an amazing, you're, you're a skilled bike rider, like my partner rides bikes, you're, you're a skilled bike rider and, you know, you've learned everything there is to do. You do your wheelies, you do your backflips, you can ride down mountains, you know, mastery. And then I said to him, well, can you do it with your eyes closed? <laughs> and so that's just the next level, right? And do you want to tap into the next level? Um, so I, I think that we can do that with whatever environment we find ourselves in. We don't have to like sell our business and move to the jungle, which is pretty much what I did. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, look, I called my team. I said, look, I'm having a spiritual awakening. I, um, I can't manage this business anymore. You guys just do what you need to do. I'm moving to Peru and I'm going to become a medicine woman. And um, I'll I like, remember this period. Um, this was the period where <laughs> you'd gone to the jungle and I think had like a bedroom, you'd sold everything, but you had a bedroom in yeah. the office for where, yeah, for in the spa, sorry, yeah. for when you came back. <laughs> I'd moved to America, still had an office and had a bedroom in the office in Melbourne. <laughs> and all of our friends were like, who are these two people? <laughs> just, it's just like, it just seemed the only option at the time. 
time. Um, I, and I, sister. <laughs> I, I said to someone I was dating at the time, I said, I'm bumping on the edges of normality and I need to leave. I'm on a spiritual mission from God. And they're like, okay, cool. See you when you're back. Um, and I, yeah, I, I sold everything and I, um, went and decided, yeah, I was going to live in the jungle and train with shamans. Um, in plant medicine. And this was all decided before I'd even been there, met with them, done any plant medicine. And I arrived there to the jungle. Um, it was very scary in the middle of Iquitos um, and very mystical at the same time. I mean, it was, it, it was what I was, I needed something completely different. You were obviously called to make a decision like that. I mean, that sounds like a pretty strong calling. Yeah, and again, it found me all of a sudden. Oh, there's this, there's this um, uh, information session you can go to, um, and I totally resonated with the speaker. And she said, "I'm bringing people on this journey, on this retreat." And I was like, oh, "That's for me." Um, and it all, it all started to unfold. Um, but interestingly, within about two weeks of being in the jungle, <laughs> the plants said to me, "You're not supposed to be here. Please, please go." <laughs> So um, the pl- the plants actually said, "Remember your training," and that's all that I, I just took from that. Okay, you've you must have done this before. You've 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 trained in this before. You just had to remember your training, and now you can get out of this place like where you're being eaten by mosquitoes and the snakes everywhere and there's like frogs in your bed and um, it was terrifying. This is the wisdom <laughs> of the plants, though. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. I. My last uh, three or four ayahuasca ceremonies, so two on retreat more recently and then the final one, I think it was, must have been in January, I was so physically uncomfortable in ceremony, mm. like just a, a physical discomfort that I hadn't experienced in the previous, all the previous ceremonies. And in my very last, most recent one that I did, um, Mother Ayahuasca just said to me, like, you're, we're done for a while, maybe forever. Yeah. Like, you, you don't need this anymore. Like, we yeah. don't need to do this work together anymore. You've done your work. And it really feels like that. Like, there's been a, yeah. a sense of full circle-ness around my work with Ayahuasca and um, coming to this. Like, there was some very, I, I've had three retreats and there were some three very specific big things in my life that I was working on that were profoundly impacted by those, um, those journeys and those retreats. And I kind of knew after each, after the first two, that there was something else that was unrelated and different that I was going to go and do. And then after this last one, it was just like, yeah, we, we don't need to work together anymore. Um, and so that was, yeah, the, the plants are very wise and uh, it's hard to describe um, those feelings and those messages. But I was on a podcast recently where they asked like, why do you go back if it's so profound the first time? And it's like, it's kind of a relationship and you do it while you need to. And I can't hundred percent explain why I went back and I can't hundred percent explain why I now know that I'm done, um, to someone who hasn't experienced it because it's like a conversation almost. Mm, yeah. Um, and it's, it's a very similar, I've heard it many times where people have been told by Ayahuasca, you know, she said to me, you don't drink me anymore. You can communicate with me anytime without being in ceremony. And I was like, that's great. Cause I find it really hard. You know, it was very, very hard on yeah. my body. Um, and um, if anyone 
yeah, is called to it. That's beautiful. No one has to drink plant medicine um, unless they're called. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I came in with a lot of ego to those, um, to that space and those ceremonies. I'm, you know, I'm going to be a shaman. I'm going to, I'm going to drink all the, I ask her, give me another cup, you know, and she showed me so many, so many things that I wouldn't wish upon myself or anyone, but I needed that kind of message and that kind of lesson. Um, but I was quite relieved to leave there. I hadn't finished my spiritual journey and I, I wish everyone could just take a year off and do all this weird shit and just go, go where you're called and go to these healers and go to the jungle. But I ended up going to California for lots of um, uh, multidimensional, like inner child healing. I was then, I then went to Guatemala um, to have more shamanic healing with David, who you know, um, and amazing, amazing, world. <laughs> so so amazing. Um, David, who I met in Turks and Caicos with <laughs> Jeff Pulver, stargazing. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's an amazing um, shaman. So I um, was there, and then I went to Mexico, and then it just it was done. I, and then I went home. I went back to my work, and I just popped in. And I was like. I'm back. And they were still, they were fine. It's really interesting. We think we're, we think the team can't survive without us. Well, hey, they can. They'll probably mm-hmm. do great. And um, it's very empowering for your team to not have the director breathing over their shoulder and to just yeah, be empowered to make decisions and to make mistakes. That's a really mm-hmm. interesting and, and terrifying one, I think, as a, as a director of a company to just let your people make decisions and learn from those decisions and accept that there will be costs, but there will all be also be um, benefits and gifts because you'll have a team that is, that is experienced, that can trust themselves, that can um, back their decisions and just take ownership for your business. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge gift in, in that. Um, and there was a huge gift for me in just leaving it and realizing oh, it doesn't burn to the ground. Like it mm. doesn't, it, it, you know, yes, I could have left stru- better structures for them. Um, but I just wasn't in the, in the sort of headspace to do it, but they did great. I'm really, I've well, always been really proud of them. That was your lessons and learning. And that's okay as well. Like as, as it is for our mm-hmm. team, it is for us as leaders. We don't know, you know, today what we or we don't know yesterday what we know today and that's part Mm. of the journey of learning so yeah I mean I I think it was a very similar time when we were both um going through this extracting ourselves from the day-to-day of our businesses Mm. and you are the only other person I knew at the time that was doing something like that and um and has done something like that and I had a very similar experience to you, but it was, it was nice to have a friend who was also as crazy as I was to leave the team and see what would happen. Um, because most people that, you know, we're both part of entrepreneurs organization and surrounded by a huge community of entrepreneurs. And um, I'm sure you're similar to me, but you know, many people in my life at that time and even still now are just very ingrained in mm you know, the day-to-day and the everything of the team. That's how I was. I Back at the start, you know, thinking about how my culture's transformed in my journey, I was much more micromanagey and much more in there all the time. And especially yeah. when I had an office, I was like physically in there and I was checking on everything and I was on top of everything and everyone all the time. Nothing was ever, ever meeting my expectations. And I don't think I was 
you know, totally unpleasant in my demeanor with people, but the energy that I was bringing mm-hmm. was not pleasant. Like it was nothing's ever good enough. We're not moving fast enough. We're not delivering well enough. We're not. And really like listening to your reflections is exactly, it's so clear. It's so blatant now why things weren't done very well or done to the standard I would like, because I was sitting on top of everything. Like no one had any chances to step up, to learn, to grow, to be empowered, to make a mistake and and have to deal with their own consequences and be like, cool, I won't make that mistake again. Cause you know, I learned the consequences sucked. I don't want to do that. I would be picking up after everybody, um, not kind of letting them fail, so to speak, or if they were, I'd be patching the mistakes afterwards. And, um, so yeah, I mean, my culture's transformed extraordinarily from that period of time when I moved first to Sydney and then to the United States and then turned the company remote and the whole culture shifted into a more remote culture anyway. Um, but yeah, it's really fascinating. Obviously, your what you do is a an in person service. It's always going to be. Um, but it sounds like that period of time, even when you've been back in or not, has transformed the culture and the way you interact with the business. Yeah, and and I would like to say, you know, I'd like to say, oh, because I'm you know such a conscious leader. No, once you have the taste of freedom, you don't want to let that go, and so you oh, yeah. can't even embed yourself back in like you did before. It just seems nope. so <laughs> ridiculous. So um, I think having having realized, oh, I don't have to be in here. 10 hours a day or even every, every, even every day of the week or even any days of the week. Um, so once I realized that I was like, I want to work that into my future business and I help people in my coaching space to do that. Cause I don't realize that it's possible to operate a business, um, and even, even be a manager of a business without, without being there. I now have, um, two managers, uh, um, who else do I have? Marketing manager. And I have this amazing team of people and they just, they just do their job and I get out of their way. Um, and I am very set on creating everything moving forward from that place of, I don't want to be in the business. Um, I don't want to be in charge of the business. I want to be the leader and I want to be the inspiration and the one that holds vision, but all the day-to-day stuff, I've got other stuff to do. You know, I've, I've done my time of 10 years in that business. I don't need to be in that, um, in the day to day and the girls love it. They love being able to just be the boss. And so why deny them of that? If it's no longer my, my season to, you know, to, to be in that position. Um, I have other people to serve and I'm so interested in helping other businesses elevate themselves to the point where it is a more conscious culture, where it is, there is more freedom and flow, where the boss isn't getting burnt out or having to constantly make these decisions that aren't aligned with the life that they want to live and their values. Um, And so I I have to embody that and live and breathe it if I'm going to be teaching people that. And it's a pleasure to embody embody it. I love it. It's, I'm finally seeing how this can actually work for you. And now I have time to run another business. I have time to run a, um, you know, almost full-time coaching business, my version of full-time, um, and be in service now at a, uh, I would almost like to say in a more, it's a more mature evolution of my entrepreneurship. I no longer need to be serving like 
the consumer. I'm, it's, I'm business to business now. And so I'm helping people serve their consumers. So I feel I've got a greater reach now um, through through this holistic, holistic coaching work and to be able just, just bring in this experience. I mean, I'm trained in yoga. I'm trained in meditation. I'm trained as a shaman. I've done additional shamanic training. I have all this business wisdom. I have this... Um, way of looking at the world, which is similar to you, just that if this is fun, this is a game, this is play, it's magic, it's magic. Um, and bringing that into a grounded business framework and business strategy. This is, this is fun for me. I love, mm. I love doing this. And I specifically work with women in wellbeing um, and personal development, because I feel they're the ones that need the most support in this world. Business world can be really cutthroat and there's all this hustle and there's a lot of masculine values. And I, I, and I, I'm a big believer that masculine and feminine energy is within all of us and it needs to be harmonized. And for too long, we've been working with that. Um, it's very, it's just go, go, go all the time. That's what the masculine energy, um, represents. And it's not about gender. This is, um, this is greater than that, but the flow that you found and that I've found is missing from a lot of people's business and lives. And that's to the detriment of their well-being, um, and just to the detriment of their vision. So I'm giving permission for people to bring that in to their whole operations and their whole vision. And I tell you what, they're loving it. They're loving it and they're seeing they're seeing their numbers move with doing less work. I think that's yeah, like that's everyone been, should be doing this. <laughs> that's been my experience as well. And I yeah. it was very it was a very clear point in time when I really harnessed my feminine energy. And it was after yeah. my first ayahuasca retreat in Soltara, actually, where I healed a lot of um the masculine, the toxic masculine that I'd taken right. on. Right. The driving force, the proving and it had gotten me far mm-hmm. and you know I you talked earlier about that pendulum pendulum swing of rejection I very much did that when I first um, came back from ayahuasca because I'd had I had a breakdown in 2018 and I ended up feeling cold to the medicine early 2019 and that's when my healing really started to all of the work that I'd been doing really started to alchemize during retreat but I came back and I was offended by anything that was, you know, former, the energy that I formerly embodied that masculine energy. So things like to-do lists, um, (laughs) anything organized, anything systemized, I was just like, nope, I am in flow. I am not doing any of that. And I was like angry at it. I was like actually probably embodying my masculine energy, being angry at my masculine (laughs) fighters from the past. Um, but it was, it was pretty interesting and it lasted for about three months. And one day I woke up and I was like, okay, like there's some value in balancing this because it, it got a little too flowy and there wasn't a lot going on <laughs> at some point, but essentially, um, it was just such a beautiful balance, you know, and it, and it was still a beautiful time. Like the whole no to do list thing was an amazing experiment because basically what I started doing was trusting that if an idea or something that needed to be done became present in my consciousness, which at which point I would usually write it down, mm-hmm. I would trust that if it was important enough, I would do it. Like if it had occurred to me once, it will occur to me again when it needs to be done. And that proved to be true. It proved to be accurate and everything still moved during that period. And then I just came to a little more um, alchemized state is probably the best word for it where 
I feel like I'm mostly in a flow state and then I use some of that masculine energy to just drive when I'm in that flow state. And it's a much more, um, it's not a push energy, you know, it's a where, and, and now I'm so aware of the different feelings that when I get into that push energy, it's like, okay, we need to stop and go inward and do some work because this energy, this pushing and forcing and stuckness is unhealed. Something, this is a pattern. This is something from the past that needs, that's showing up that needs to be looked at because the healed masculine energy is more for me. In my experience, it's like, it's the anchor, the rock, the kind of decisive, but with confidence, not with like uh, anxiety or or stress. Mm. It's just the kind of, it's that solid keeps me moving forward while I'm intuitive and in my flow. And so when I get into that kind of angsty kind of place, I'm like, okay, we're in push. We're not in, you know, this is not going anywhere productive. So we go in with now. Um, it's a really, it's just having that self-awareness and being able to, yeah, just have that chat with yourself and be like, Oh, Victoria, why are you pushing like this? Or why are you, why are you not doing like, why are you not doing anything? Um, um, so having like cultivating that conversation with yourself, um, but also cultivating your, that as a leader of, of a team and of an organization, because you know, you probably saw yeah, if you're just in flow, nothing gets done. I mean, it's, or it's just, oh, just, ter- you know, don't worry about turning up to work if you don't feel like it. We don't, that doesn't work either. Well, not exactly, yeah. It's not the exact move. <laughs> so because, you know, we, we work in a world that has, has structure. Um, and so we need to honor that, but also honor the flow. So it's quite a dance to find the relationship between those two parts. And, um, and as a, as a manager or a leader, I mean, I still have to meet with my team and give them performance reviews and give them targets and, and you know, pay them each week. That's all part of that go energy. Um, but the flow to me shows up as, well, seeing someone as more than a worker and more than a, a, someone on a production line, it is someone with thoughts and feelings and emotions and bodies. And particularly my industry is really we hire women. It's it's majority of a female workforce. So how can we honor that beautiful feminine essence inside each woman and bring that into the work instead of it being one or the other? You know, bring it in. Even if you're sad or you're feeling emotional, how do you bring that to your work? Um, mm, how do you show up for this. a meeting when you know it's the first day of your cycle? You don't feel like it but you've made a commitment to someone. Um, and so how do you honor both? And that's really interesting to me, this, um, harmonization. I don't particularly like the word balance because it suggests 50, 50, and that's not always the situation. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. 80% the flow energy and 20% the go. So what is the right relationship in that moment of the parts of you? Um, and this is the same as your ego and your soul. And like, it's, it's the same thing. We need some ego to get some things done. We need some vanity to, um, take care of our bodies. Everything is welcome, but you know, how do you then manage your inner team, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. as well as your outer team, um, by finding the harmony between the energies. So that is an ongoing practice for me. I stuff it up all the time. You know, I just get triggered and someone says, you know, I've said, I I want this work by this date and it's not done. 
my first response will be like, well, what the fuck? I'm paying you and mm-hmm. and um, this is not okay with me and all your boundaries, you know, shoot up. And then if you go deeper into it, you think, okay, well, what? Do, where is this person at? What do they need? How can I get the best out of this individual? Um, and how can I come from a place of love, not a place of uh, fear, essentially? Mm-hmm. And how would that transform them as as an employee? And how would that transform my team? How would that transform me? So it's not always just, oh, just let everything go. You know, um, it's all good. No, no, you, you look at the triggers and you look at the, where the structure is failing and, but, and you invite in the heart of the matter and treat that all as, um, you know, treat everyone as a whole. And that's, that's why I have a, I have a holistic philosophy in everything, in the way I coach, the way I run my business, the way I live my life. I believe everything is connected and everything you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So there's no part that you can just ignore. Oh, just don't worry about how my body's feeling just, you know, because my mind's on. It's not going to be sustainable mm-hmm. and you can't just ignore parts of your business. Oh, just don't worry about, I don't like finances. You know, I don't want to look at that part. Well, sorry, that's going to be a really dra- a big drainer on your on your ecosystem. That energy flows through everything. Yeah, yeah. I really, and, and I think you know, it's about truth, isn't it? And what is the truth right now? It's the first day of my cycle and that's, I'm not feeling great. And there's a way Mm -hmm. to show up. And sometimes it's as much as just vocalizing it in a really beautiful, loving way. You don't need to complain about it or bitch about it or spend hours talking about it, but there's actually no harm sometimes in even sharing it with a customer and then it's out of the way and then we move on. Um, And I think that's like, that's been really transformative for me and my team. You mentioned earlier something about the hats and the masks and all of that. And I think that was very much my old way of being, like have to be this way in this scenario and this way in that scenario and professional and personal and things like that. And I mean, really now it's just, this is what's up. This is where I'm at. Um, And wherever you are at is welcome here as well. Um, And I think that's just been really transformative for everything because it actually keeps the energy in flow because the truth is is available. Whenever yes. the truth is not available, all we know is there's a blockage, but we don't know why. We don't know if somebody's on the first day of their cycle or if they don't like their job anymore or if they've mm-hmm. got another job or offer or if something is going on at home. It could be anything. We don't know. Um, and so then the energy of trying to understand what's actually happening in this scenario, in this energy dynamic that I feel between me and this other person or me and this team of people, um, we spend a lot of energy trying to understand, rationalize and figure it out. If we can open space for it to just be what it is, then we know and we can deal with what it is versus all of that energy that gets pent up trying to understand what's the, what's the truth of the matter. So true. I mean, that, you know, everyone's so often in the business world, we're in our heads. What are they thinking? What are they doing? What is their, you know, what is their game plan? What's their strategy? Like drop into your body and, uh, and hold the space and set the tone for how you want the person in front of you to, um, to be as well. Your invitation is, Hey, I'm in my truth. I'm in my body. I'm open. And that's teaching them. That's a template for them saying, Oh, it's safe to do that safe for me to do that as well. And what comes out of that um, energetic container is amazing. Like it's so deep and it's so, it's so beautiful that it makes business actually 
joyous in in every transaction because it's humans it's another human and another human co-creating instead of let's put out let's put our business mask on I'm going to be professional now oh I'm going to give you this answer that you want to hear that's so boring (laughs) yeah it is and I do feel one of the positives of of this current um, global situation we find ourselves in um, which I don't like to dwell on but one of the positives I've found is that some of the barriers have come down between the personal and the professional. Um, Being on Zoom when you're in your home and your environment, like I remember the first couple of weeks, people showing up still in like suits and ties and things. And I mean, I've been remote for for, for six years now. I'm like, yeah, that'll wear off pretty quick. And And it does. And it has now. And, you know, I think I heard or read an article the other day, people are starting to change their LinkedIn photos to be more casual because that's how we're experiencing each other now. And I think it's so beautiful. And sometimes I look at those high heel shoes and those button up collars and I'm like, what is that? (laughs) Why did we wear those costumes? They're very uncomfortable. (laughs) Look, there's a time and a place. And I think that it's totally like we, we as individuals, we have all these different archetypes within us and we totally can play with all of them. You know, the woman of the world, the medicine woman, the like boho, like earth sister. We've got all of these different identities that we can play with. Um, But I think that what I'm hearing from you you is that we're feeling like we've got permission to play with those instead Mm. of just being always in that one that we think is the one that the world will accept. There's just a lot of acceptance for for more now. And I love, yeah, people are on Zoom and like the dogs, you know, the cats, <laughs> cats just jumping on the keyboard. It's, it's fun. It's I mean, I, I, I hope it. we get to keep a lot of this moving forward. Um, I really, really do. And I just hope that this, you know, what we're talking about, yeah, we may be the, the, the freaks that it would did this gypsy thing and, you know, now have this different view of the world. I, I just feel that that's the wave that is, filtering through all of society now um, and people are starting to realise, even with this pandemic, it's it's a great catalyst for people realising, oh, what was, I, what was I stressing over before? What was I working so hard for before? What, you know, what, what, what would I like to do with my time? How would I like to show up? It's so exciting that it's happening on a global level. Um, and, yeah, I think people are, are loving parts of it. I know... I certainly am. And, um, I'm excited for what it brings. Absolutely. And just thank you so much for coming on the show today and just being such a shining example of how we can still be super successful. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I know there's no video on the podcast. I'm using the, (laughs) the air quotes, but we can be all of those things and be gypsies and be, you know, conscious and spiritual and whatever labels or words you want to throw around, but they are the labels and words that at one point in my life, I separated from an ability to still, um, create something of value financially for other people or whatever that might look like. And I'm so grateful to have gone on this journey myself to know that I can still crush it and build amazing companies and do amazing things in the way that I want to do it. And I'm just honored to have a friend and a sister like you, who's been doing that by my side and to have you come on the show and share that journey with everyone. Thank you so much. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And I really want everyone that's listening to this to know that you can have a million dollar company, you can have a multi-million dollar company, you can have many companies and still have a great life where you're taking care of yourself, 
feeling in flow, you're kicking goals, you're doing all the things. It's it's going to be a practice though, and um, it, it will take some time and some maybe some heartache, but it'll be totally worth it. Um, and an invitation for anyone that's interested in collaborating and collecting and um, just vibing off other women that are doing business in this way. That's what I host um, in my mastermind. It's specifically for women in well-being, creative and personal development. So if you're in that industry, you're already making money, but you want to get to that six figure, that seven figure level, but do it respecting your feminine flow and do it with this conscious wealth strategy that they're my people. So, um, please connect with me on, um, on my socials, Victoria Lucille Fox on Insta and, um, we can chat or you can just, you can just watch me dance. Cause that's <laughs> does a lot literally, of that I do a lot of, I do a lot of that. <laughs> I love it. I love following you and where you are in the world and knowing that one day we'll accidentally turn up in the same place and have some good times. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Let's manifest that soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yes. Thank you so much. And we will include all of those links and everything in the show notes. So I encourage anyone who's listening and feeling resonance to absolutely reach out and, and follow and connect Victoria. Thank you so much, my sister, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. Been so much fun. Thank you, love. Thanks for listening to this episode of Conscious Culture, the evolution of work. Follow us as we further explore real stories of remote companies and the thriving cultures they are creating. To stay updated with all our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. In the show notes of each episode, you'll find some of our favorite remote work and culture resources. However, if you want to have a chat about remote work, how it's done and how it can benefit your company, feel free to reach out to me directly anytime. My email address is sarah at growmyteam.com.au. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you loved that episode as much as I did. In the meantime, if you do follow me or us on social media, you'll see we have been working on something really exciting. Our new platform, growmotely.com, G-R-O-W-M-O-T-E-L-Y.com. Growmotely is a world-first platform that will end-to-end help you build your remote team or for those of you who are looking for remote jobs, professionals, skilled and experienced professionals looking for remote work, this is the place for you to go. This is full-time permanent remote work with benefits. Get on there, check it out, sign up. All we need is your email address and you'll be the first to know when we go live imminently. We are in our pre-launch stage right now, but we are so excited to bring this very new platform to the world, something that is going to change the way we all work in the future. Growmotely.com.